everyone. It's good to see you guys. It's a new year, fresh start. God is on the move. We're believing for great things for this year. Um, if I could, before I get into the message, put out a challenge. There's something powerful and dynamic about prayer. And like I said last week, if you weren't here, this is what I said. Uh, a lot of times, very traditionally, uh, churches will start off the new year with fasting and prayer, get extra gatherings and things like that. We chose this year to have that freedom weekend because we feel like it's so uh, um, impacting, potentially impacting for people's lives. We want uh, that weekend to be de- devoted as a first fruits to the Lord, as a first uh, starting off the year, dedicating something uh, about our lives and our time to the Lord. Um, but I do want to say, not to discount prayer by having that weekend, uh, we have every Sunday morning before services uh, start, we have a time of prayer. And I cherish those moments. From 9.30 to 10 o'clock, we meet in the prayer room, which is at the end of the education wing. You come in that end, and we're, there's a gathering of people. We pray, we cry out to God, we share what we're sensing God's saying. And I want to challenge you, set your alarm a little bit early, come and pray, let's, let's unite together. There's some things that maybe you've been believing God for, maybe, maybe there's something very passionate that you, have, you carry, and, and we want to pray together, unite together, believe together, because the Bible says where two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst, right? He says, you know, if you're asking and seeking and knocking, then you're going to get the answer. There's not... There's not like, well, maybe, you know, uh, maybe me, God in heaven, if I feel like it, if I'm out of a good day, I'll respond to you. No, he says, keep pressing in and believing. So we could be passive about our faith or we could be active about our faith. So I just want to throw that out as a challenge. Maybe, maybe you're, you're in a place where you're like, you know what, I need a fresh challenge. I need to go after more. I'm believing for more. And there it is. Press into God. Let's press in together. Let's join together and believe God for great things. Uh, with that said, we are starting. It's a new year. We're starting a new series. I don't know how long this will be, but um, God was impressing upon me that there are a whole bunch of virtues in the Christian faith that are very rarely talked about, very rarely even um, thought about. And I want to just go after them because when I look at at the people in the Bible, I feel like they carried so much. And, you know, we only see, like, their exploits. We see, uh, you know, what they're notorious for, what they're known for. Um, But we don't necessarily know, like, who they were as a person. And in this series, I believe that there's some virtues that we're going to touch upon that we see, like, when we look at Paul and we're like, man, this guy was amazing, he obeyed God. He went through uh, so much. and He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. But like behind the scenes, we want to know, like, what, what, what was Paul? What were you carrying? Like, what was it in you that helped you keep going? What was it in you that made you so confident, so bold, so fiery for the things of God? And, and so there's some virtues that we're going to cover over the next several weeks that I believe that some of these men and women of faith were so powerful in uh, that they were a part of their makeup. It was a part of who they were. 
And today I want to talk, you're going to hear probably messages you never heard before, or topics maybe you never heard preached before, because it's, these virtues have short, sort of been shoved to the back, you know, in the Christian faith. And a lot of the prominence and teachings you hear about are, you know, God's love, your identity, the Father, how good of a Father He is. But there's aspects of knowing who we are as Christians that are important virtues for each and every one of us to carry. And so I want to start off um, with a story. By the way, we just welcome our, our live stream audience. Thank you for joining us. Um, it's an honor that you spend every Sunday with us. And also for you here and the live stream audience, notes for this message are available in the app. You can, uh, if you don't have the app, like Mary said, you could download it. And there's notes for the messages, all the scriptures, the key points, things like that. It helps you give, it helps, gives you some structure as you take notes for yourself. Um, so that's available as well. Um, but I want to share a story with you about my personal experience. Back in 1997, um, we had my family, my wife and I, and at that point we had two kids. Now we have four. Um, we had this m- amazing breakthrough. It was something that in the midst of those moments, there was a lot of frustration. Um, we had been waiting. We had been praying. We had been believing. And, and if I were to describe what happened in that moment to you in that time, in 1997, I would say something like, I finally caught the break that I was waiting for. Um, you know, uh, the, everything fell in order for this breakthrough. I mean, it just, it was, I got lucky. You know, we could use phrases like that. I would describe those of this event that I'm about to tell you about a lot differently now than I would have then, because I know a lot more now than I did then, all right? Um, in 1997, I was working at a place that I absolutely hated working at. I had been there a year and a half, and I was waiting to transition to a new job. Um, years prior to that, I joined the Air Force. I made a promise to my wife that, uh, this is before we had any kids, that we would come back to Syracuse after four years. And so I joined the Air Force because I really didn't have any skills or any education, and I felt like I'm, I'm a family guy. I'm ready to start a family, making babies, all this stuff, you know. And um, I want to be ready to provide and support and um, take care of my family. So I wanted to get an education, and I wanted to get skills, and I was able to do that, thankfully, in those four years. But at the end of the four years, I came back to Syracuse with my wife and two children. And I had been submitting resumes in Syracuse. Uh, There was just not a lot of activity in the field, in the area where I was educated and got skills. Um, And so I started, I had to get a job. You know, you just got to work to make ends meet. You got to work to make money. And so I got a job. I was working at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. And nothing against Enterprise Rent-A-Car. It just wasn't for me. And I was working. I mean, you had to wear a suit. You're cleaning cars in a suit, you know? <laughs> and you got to have a four. You had, at that time, you had to have a four-year degree to get the job to clean cars in a suit. And I, I just, I knew it wasn't for me. I didn't like it. I'm like, God, what in the world is happening? I've, I'm, I've did what I was supposed to do. I got some education. I got some skills. You know, we came back. I fulfilled my promise to my wife. And here I am stuck in this job that I just don't like, you know. And so 
Six months goes by and nothing. And I'm reaching out, sending out resumes, trying to connect to people. Uh, A year goes by, nothing. And finally, about three months later, a year and three months into this position, um, I ended up helping a client. I helped somebody run a car. And this ended up being like the moment where all the stars aligned in my life. And this guy's like, I think, yeah, I work in the department you're applying to. I think I can help you get a job. In fact, um, I'm part of the hiring team. And like, and I'm just like, you know, I'm so lucky. I'm so, it's amazing how things have fallen into place. And I was waiting and I was praying and I was frustrated and talking to God about my frustration and, and didn't know what to do. Maybe frustrated with my wife. Why did we have to come back to Syracuse? Um, and so I would have in that moment described it as the luckiest of moments where someone came in and was able to connect me to a position that I had been applying for. I would say it differently today because I know God's activity in our lives. I was a little bit blind to it in those moments. But God is really active in setting us up. You know, the Bible says if God is for us, who can be against us? God is active in bringing the right people in our lives and the wrong people out of our lives. God is able to open doors. God is able to position people so that we can meet them when we need to meet them in the moment of our greatest need. You understand that? And so I would say that it was, it was a moment of God's favor. It was a setup from heaven. It was, it was God's activity coming into fulfillment in my life for that moment. And I ended up getting a job at Lockheed Martin. And I worked there for seven years. And it was just, it was a great transition period between the military and before I came on staff here as a youth pastor at Faith Chapel. And it was, it was a God moment. Maybe you can look at your life and you could say, well, yeah, I've had those moments too. You know, I've had those moments where, you know, I was supposed to die in an accident, and I didn't. I I had those moments where I met someone that I I had no business meeting. I had those moments in my life where, where, uh, you know, I I, I felt like God, looking back, God opened a door for me. I was, I'm blessed because God is active in my life. Maybe, Maybe you got accepted to the college that you never, everyone told you you'll never get in there. Maybe you got the job that you didn't deserve getting. Maybe the people that didn't like you began to favor you. And I want to say to you today that this is all a reflection of the blessing. I don't know if you've ever heard a, a topic, a message on the blessing, but I want to talk to you today about the blessing. When I think of the saints of old, they were powered by the blessing. They, they walked in the blessing of God, and they knew they walked in the blessing of God. And so I want to share with you what I would say the blessing is. Because, listen to me, every born-again, Christ-following, Jesus-loving, Jesus-freak, all across the face of the earth, has the blessing on their lives, whether they know it or not. And so here's, here's how I would describe the blessing. The blessing is God's goodness and favor poured upon our lives. If you were to look up the word blessing or bless or blessed in the Old Testament, 
um, it carries the idea of to speak the intention of God, to speak God's plans into somebody's life. The blessing was accompanied by someone speaking it over another individual. This word in the Old Testament is used more than 400 times. And yet this topic is sort of shoved in the back corner of the closet. Like it's, 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 it's uh, buried in clutter. And yet it's, it's so important for the follower of Jesus to understand what's on their lives. To me, it's an aspect of the identity of who we are. Like we have an advantage the, the people of God have an advantage over the people that, that don't know God. It, it's, it's, it's favor. It's like, it's like the spotlight is on you from heaven. It's like the smile from heaven is upon you no matter where you go. And, and you, may, you may beg to differ with that point, and that's okay. I'll, I'll show you why you're wrong in just a few minutes. But it, it, it's, it's, it's favor. It's blessing. It's, it's God's goodness wherever you go upon your lives. And I want to share with you a few scriptures related to this. In Genesis chapter 27, there's a story of a guy named Isaac who happened to be the son of Abraham. And Isaac was getting old in years. He's he's about to pass on. And he um, he wants to bless his his firstborn son. He wants to pass the blessing on to his firstborn son. And it just so happens that that firstborn son didn't really honor the blessing because previous to that, he came back one day from hunting and he says he's famished and, you know, uh, he said, I will trade you. He said to his brother Jacob, give me a bowl of that stew, that porridge. And uh, Jacob very acutely says, if you give me your birthright. Because the firstborn son had a greater blessing than the rest of the family. And so this guy Esau, he's, he's like, okay, what, what does the birthright matter when I'm so hungry? So he ends up trading the birthright, the, the firstborn's blessing to his younger brother. They were twins, but the younger brother was Jacob who came out second. Um, And we pick up the story. This is the father, Isaac, now being deceived by his son, Jacob, and passing the blessing on to Jacob. It says here in in Genesis chapter 27, and before I read, I just want to show you, this is the biggest, baddest Bible on the face of the planet. (laughs) This thing probably weighs 10 pounds. We're going to start a movement. The bigger the Bible, the more spiritual the person. You know what I mean? Uh, I just kidding. Uh, uh, the people who bought it thought it was appropriate to buy the large print edition. They were, they were tired of me standing up here squinting all the time. Like this. So I don't have to squint anymore. Watch this. <laughs> uh, all right. Bear with me here. So Genesis 27. Here is, uh, here is what uh, Isaac, he's, he's speaking over his son. This is an actual... Passing of the blessing from the father to the son. It says this, and this is sort of what it would be like in those days. Verse 28 says, May God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Some of you would be like, amen to that. Uh, <laughs> let, let people serve you and nations bow down to you. 
Be Lord over your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. Now that's something powerful. And I want to say to you that um, these words actually kicked into motion uh, Jacob's destiny. They began to propel him into his destiny, into the next stage of his life. And you may say, well, some nice words, very kind. What's the big deal? I want you to skip down now in your Bible, same chapter, Genesis 27, verse 34. This is Esau's response to hearing his brother Jacob got the blessing. It says in verse 34, as soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry. And he said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. Now, if, if you begin to look at this, why all this drama in the family? I mean, one son gets blessed, the other son's like bitterly crying out and begging for a blessing from his father. And here's the answer to that question. Why all this drama? Because they knew something we don't know. They knew that the blessing was, was supernatural and powerful. And it actually invoked the reality of God's activity into somebody's life. To change everything about their future. You see, we use, we use this word blessing as sort of like this casual, eh, you know, hey, be blessed. You know, we, we, we substitute it. It's sort of a Christian way of, of, of saying, have a good day, or, you know, um, I bless you, or God bless you when we sneeze. We don't realize the impact and the power that the blessing had in the Old Testament and has in the New Testament and has for the Christian life. And so I hope to share that with you and make it clear so that uh, this would be something meaningful as a tool in your pocket, as a follower of Jesus, to lean on when things are going bad, when, things, when you're struggling, to know that, wait a second, I'm, I'm blessed. I have the blessing of God upon my life. I, I want us to walk in the reality and the knowledge of who we really are. We have been blessed. And the confidence and the actions associated with that confidence do matter. And so... Um, if you think about, there's, there's a good example of the blessing. So Jacob received the blessing from his father Isaac. And there's this guy that comes along who's Jacob's son named Joseph. I just want to show you a picture of the tangible evidence of blessing. You can read his, his life story on the back end of Genesis. And Joseph comes along. He's a young guy. He's the youngest of his brothers at the time. And he has this dream. And he has this dream that he's going to, like, rule over his family. Like the sun and the earth and the, the, the moon bow down to him. And he happens to be also his father's favorite. So his father gives him this, this coat of many colors. And so he's, he's, he's got this expression of favoritism, which I don't advise, you know. It's just not wise as parents to do that. But it happened in that day. And so uh, Joseph goes and tells his brothers, guess what? This is my dream. And he tells his brothers this dream, and they're like, what do you think? We're going to bow down to you? Who do you think you are? And ultimately, they became jealous of this guy, 
favorite of the father, the dreams he's having, and they decide to kill him. So they initially throw him in this pit. They're going to leave him there till he dies. And then ultimately, there's some slave traders that are passing by, and uh, they decide instead of leaving him in the pit that they'd sell him to some slave traders. And he became a slave and was taken into Egypt. And in Egypt, he was sold to this, this uh, uh, Egyptian, um, uh, sort of like a leader in the government. In Egypt, his name was Potiphar. And, and so if you look at Joseph's life, you could say, how could this guy be blessed? He's about to be killed by his brothers. He's sold as a slave. And here he is in Potiphar's house. And, and Joseph just kept working, just kept you know, going after it, kept believing God, that God was the fulfiller of his dreams. And, and so soon he became the favorite of this guy Potiphar uh, because everything that he touched was blessed. It was like the Midas touch, you know? Everything he touched turned to gold. It was, it was amazing. It was blessed. Um, and, and he became Potiphar's favorite soon to the point where Potiphar put him in charge of everything. Now, we may look at that and say, wow, that's amazing. But in Joseph's eyes, he's like a teenager, 18, 19 years old maybe at this time. And he's, he's a slave in another land. He's been abandoned by his family. And he could easily be sitting there asking, this is the blessing? Is this really the blessing? God, you, you know, I, you, you've given me dreams. You've blessed my life. And look at where I'm at. But he just kept on being faithful. And the Bible tells us that the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with him. And so as he went on, he became the favorite uh, of Potiphar in charge of everything in his house uh, except his wife. But Potiphar's wife uh, had an eye for him because he was young and handsome and strong. And she tried to sleep with him. And he refused. He's like, I could not do this. I, I got to honor God. And she lied about him, saying that he was making advances against her, tried to rape her, all this stuff. And finally, he gets thrown into prison. Now, what kind of blessing, what does that look like? You know, you're in prison. I'm blessed by God, but I'm in prison. And here's this guy in prison. The favor of God is within him. He stood up for the right things. He did the right things. And finally, the, the person in charge of the prison put him as, as this prominent, powerful figure in the prison. Everywhere this guy went, everything he did, he was blessed. Finally, he's released because of a dream, and he's put in, in uh, second of command of the nation of Egypt. And this, this should go to tell you that, listen, just because you're blessed doesn't mean you won't face challenges. Just because you're blessed doesn't mean that you won't uh, have to endure obstacles, that you won't have to continue in faithfulness with God. Blessing is divine favor. It brings about the destiny, the purpose, the plan of God on your life. God is very intent in, in the fact that you, as his son and daughter, are blessed. And I want to share with you three specific things related to blessing that would be good for you to know. Because re, uh, back to Joseph, the blessing on Joseph's life made him stand out, made him 
become recognized, made him become a prominent person no matter where he went. That was the blessing of God. It was the favor of God. It was the kindness of God. Again, it's like that spotlight. He stood out because God's, uh, God's smile was upon him. Heaven, heaven is smiling down upon us. We need to understand this, that, that God, God has a great plan for our lives, and he is intent on having us step into that plan, that destiny, that purpose. The reality is, when we, if we were in Joseph's shoes, you know, we, we uh, were sold into slavery, say, or we're, we're, we're accused of doing something we didn't do. We start waving our fist at God and saying, God, this is, this is no blessing. And we give up. We quit. We stop there. We stop being diligent about our destiny. We stop being diligent about our purposes. And we, we end up in a place that we're, we're frustrated. We're angry at God. We're angry at people because we haven't stepped into our destiny yet. Joseph's life should be a, an example to us of faithfulness. We just keep going. We just keep doing the right thing, and we watch God do his thing. It, it's really up to him to bring us to our destiny, right? We submit to him. We obey him. We love him. We serve people. We do our part. He does his. And so here's three thoughts that I think would be good to know about the blessing. Three thoughts. Here's the first one. God is the source of all blessing. You need to know that. Sometimes we go chasing after the blessing from other people. We think through manipulation, through the way we use our words, we, 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 uh, we could get blessed. We, can, we could get something from people. God is the ultimate source. And, and we should know if God is the ultimate source, then he should be the one we pursue. He should be the one that we keep our eyes fixed upon. We sh- he should be the one we trust, even when things don't go the way we want them to. God is the source of all blessing. It says in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, God speaking to Abram. It says, I will make you into a great nation. And look at this. And I will bless you. He is the source of our blessings. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. God is the source of our blessings. And and, um, getting back to the things that we shoved to the back corner related to the blessing, um, in Christianity for hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of years, there was a pronunciation, there was a pronouncement of blessing over the people. When when God spoke to uh, Moses, he said, "I I want your brother Aaron to pronounce a blessing over my people. And this is, in, in number six, this is what, they were to say, the Lord wants us to know that we are blessed. He wants, he wants uh, to be the source of our blessing. This is what he says in number six. Probably very familiar to many of us. The Lord bless you. He was told, he, they would raise their hands as a priest. And we sit here in this room as priests of God. Amen? There's not one priest in this room. Right? Do we understand that? As followers of Jesus, he made us a kingdom of priests. Right? And they would say this, the Lord bless you and keep you. You can almost feel that. The Lord bless you. He's, he's putting his blessing on you. Keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. The Father wants his people blessed. Amen? So the priest would announce a blessing, pronounce a blessing on the people regularly. They would pronounce the blessing. This is our birthright. It's our heritage. This is what we receive. It's a reminder. In fact, that's why I believe that that the Lord had Moses tell his brother uh, Aaron, I I want you to remind my people. This is not the literal words. This is how I interpret. I want my people to know how blessed they are. I want my people to walk in the blessing. I want my people to live out this blessing because it's real. It's tangible. It's just not a Christian statement, a, a nicety that we use. There's power, supernatural power associated with the blessing. And like I said, it's, it's, a, it's to me, it's an identity issue. It's an awareness, like uh, similar to God saying, I am with you. I am for you. I'm on your side. You have my favor. If God is for you, who can be against you? It's, it's that kind of reality that God's saying, I, I want you to know, my people, that you're blessed. And, and again, we can't look elsewhere. The source of our blessing is heaven, is God in heaven. So the first thought is God is the ultimate source of blessing. The second thought is this. God has blessed his people. If you're one of his people, you are blessed. I'm going to share with you two verses that I think, I, I hope really open your eyes to this reality. Ephesians 1, verse 3 says this. Through Christ, God has blessed us. Through Christ, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing that heaven has to offer. Come on. If there's a blessing in heaven, you have it. Anything that exists related to blessing is yours. Come on, that should make you walk with your chest out, your head held high. No more like, oh, woe is me. I don't got nothing. You know what my life's like. Man, everything heaven has to offer is yours through Christ because of Jesus, because of what Jesus has done. It's, it's like this. If I were to sort of pull back the, 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 the curtains, it would be like this. God sees us as he saw Jesus. Now, Jesus was 100% sinless. Jesus was the perfection of mankind on earth. So when, when the Father looks at Jesus, why would he withhold anything from him? He was perfection. And when he looks at you, I heard someone saying in the prayer room this morning that it's sort of like the, the mess-ups and the, the baggage and the struggles That is what's keeping people from walking into their destiny. The reality is God's not seeing that. God is seeing his son. He's seeing you through the lens of his son, Jesus. He's seeing you purified, cleansed. He's seeing you righteous and perfect because of Jesus. We have access to every spiritual blessing that's in heaven. Man, you are blessed. This is amazing. I want you to just say that. I am blessed. Say it again. I am blessed. Not just a God bless you. I'm talking about the anointing, the favor, the smile from our Father in heaven 
shining down upon us, making a way for us when it seems to be impossible, opening doors for us that no person could open. Um, um, uh, the favor of God is available to us. It should make us walk differently. I'm not just talking about sticking your chest out and holding your head high. It should make us a little bit more confident in who, of who we belong to. It should make us a little bit more confident uh, related to how he sees us. Right? He, he's trying to do great things for us. We are blessed. This is, this is amazing. You think that's good? Check this out. You got the blessings of Jesus. Galatians 3.9 says this. So all who put their faith in Christ, everyone who follows Jesus, all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Now, I don't know if you've ever looked at Abraham's life, but he was a blessed man. And I read to you what God said to him in Genesis 12, 1. He said, I'm going to bless you and you're going to be a blessing. Listen, so we have, I mean, this, this compilation of blessings. What Jesus got, we got. What, what Abraham got, we got. I mean, what is our problem? You understand what I'm saying? We are blessed people. God has put his blessings because of Christ on us. Abraham received it by faith. We receive it by faith. You can't earn it. You can't be a do-gooder. You've just got to receive what God has done for you. God is really, really good. He's an amazing God, and he wants you to know uh, you're blessed. So we, we, can, we can thank him. God, you know, even, in your thought, even when you think about it, God, thank you that you've blessed my life. Thank you that you've put favor on my life. You may not be in the moment where you're feeling the blessing because you're going through a storm. You may be in, in a place of uh, uncertainty or question, but, but just rest assured, God, his blessing is on your life. You just got to ride out the storm. Keep your eyes fixed on him. Like my wife said, praise your way through that storm. You know, praise your way through the storm, but get through it because he's still bringing you to your destiny. We're not going to let... Um, we're not going to let the pit stop us. We're not going to let the prison stop us like Joseph, right? We're not going to let accusation stop us. We're going to keep going. And he was destined for the palace because God fulfilled the dream that he gave to Joseph. You go through stuff. There's no promise that you won't go through trouble in Christianity. There's no promise. But he, he says that, uh, take note of this, that he's overcome the world. Like, he's going to get you through. He will get you through the mess you're in. So we should be thanking him for that, the favor on our lives. Amen. Here's a last thought um, as, I, as I close in just a few minutes here. So the first one is this, just so we know. God is the source of all blessings, right? The second one is God has blessed his people. You are blessed. You might just want to walk around and just say it for, till, till it gets in your spirit. I am blessed. I'm a blessed person. I've got the blessing of God on my life. God's favor is all over me. It may not work out every time the way I expect it to, but God's favor is on my life. He's taking care of me. He's pouring out his blessings on me. He's watching out for me. He's protecting me. He's my defender. He's a good God. This is what we see in the Bible. Here's the last thought. We should be a blessing to others. I mean, um, this message doesn't get any simpler. 
He's the source. We're blessed. We need to bless others. We should be a blessing to others. We should bless others. We, we should, you know, be intent on, on extending the blessing beyond ourselves. We should not hog it all. You understand? We should not keep it for ourselves. To read, to expand on that verse I read earlier, Genesis 12, this is about Abram. At that time, he became Abraham, but at that time he was called Abram. Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3. I read two last time. I'll read it again. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Something I didn't say about Joseph that is worth noting is Potiphar's house was exceedingly blessed. Do you know that people are blessed through us just by being around us? Sometimes, you, you may have heard of the, the thermostat of the, and the thermometer comparison. You know, sometimes we get caught up in being a thermostat. Like, uh, we just, we just, we respond to the, the temperature in the room. We respond to what's going on around us. If someone's mad, we get mad. If someone's had a bad day, well, their bad day made me had a bad day. You know? That's a thermostat. A thermometer changes the temperature in a room. So if you had a bad day, I'm sorry about that. Let me, let me help you step into a good day because I'm blessed. You know? You, you may be struggling right now, but let me tell you something. God is really good. And God can help you through your mess. God has blessed your life. You, see, we respond. So many times we respond to the environment around us when we should be intent on changing the environment around us. We should be intent on blessing those around us and helping them through their mess. So um, true blessing that's spoken over someone is describing the way God sees them. Um, because God's view of someone is greater than our opinion of them. Right? Sometimes we get an opinion. That person has an attitude. You know? I ain't talking to her. You know? Why don't, why don't, we, why don't we bless them? In, in, uh, in 1 Peter 3.9, this is what it says. It says, Do not repay evil for evil or insult with insult. For, on the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Someone could be bad to you. Someone could have an attitude. That coworker sitting in the cubicle next to you. That person, you know, who sits in your class and they just constantly irritate you. Listen, we, we don't return insult for insult. We don't return evil for evil. We bless them. That's, it says right here, this is what you were called to so that you may inherit a blessing. You're above all that mess. Listen, don't get caught up in that mess. Get above the mess. You're bigger than the mess, right? Because God is bigger, and he put his spirit in you, and he's blessed you. So you don't want to sacrifice your blessing to step down into the muck and the mire. You want, you want to pull people up out of it, right? We've, we've got to rise above this. This is the power of the blessing. A lot of times when I'm preparing for a message, I... I try and find as many resources as possible. I read books. In fact, 
One of the books I read uh, to help me just get some bearing on this topic of blessing was the, called The Power of Blessing by Carrie Kirkwood. It was, it was okay, but I did get some stuff from it. Um, but also I called a rabbi friend of mine. We, I always, we always say about him, everyone's, he's, he's everyone's favorite rabbi. He loves Jesus, and to me, the, the people who are in, you know, in, have a better understanding of Judaism really understand the concept of blessing. And I asked him, I said, tell me, tell me about blessing. Tell me what, bless, what the blessing means to you. Tell me how important it is to you. And he said it's, it's very important in our homes we gather our kids weekly and we lay hands on them and we bless them. We speak the blessings of God. We speak the blessings of heaven over our kids every single week. When we gather together as a congregation, we, we talk about the blessings of God. We release the blessings of God over one another. And I'm like, man, where has this thing been in my life? Where has this been? The Lord bless you. And keep you. Why, why has this been such a, a nominal or insignificant topic in my life and in my faith? It's, it's so significant. It's, it's all the way throughout the Bible. The Bible says that they brought the little children to Jesus. And he laid his hands on them and he blessed them. The Bible says in Luke 24, the very last words of Luke, it says that uh, as he was ascending... He, he lifted his hands, Jesus, and he blessed his disciples. I don't know what he said, but it could have been that very Numbers chapter 6, the Lord bless you. It, it was a significant, he blessed his disciples. It was a significant moment. And I want to tell you, this blessing is a tangible reality that God has made accessible and given to every follower of Jesus Christ. We can choose to shelf it. We can, we can choose to run with it. But I'm telling you, listen, I believe that there's something powerful about it. I want to end with a passage that's very famous in the scriptures. Out of Deuteronomy chapter 28. It's very powerful. It talks about the blessing. When we go into our city, we have this monthly outreach called Feed the City. And um, we go into our city to bless the people in our city. We're not trying to take from them. We're not trying to get them to come to our church. We're not trying to, you know, put another notch in our belt. We're just there to love them. And if you were to stand side by side with my wife and I, my wife is very uh, prolific at getting prophetic words for people. And she'll stand there and she'll say something like, Oh, I saw you when you were a kid and, and someone said this and this and this to you and it really harmed you and the person just breaks down crying, you know, and I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen God speak through her into somebody's life to um, reveal himself and his love to them. I, I'm less, I, I, I can prophesy, but not to the degree at this point in time that my wife does, but I have a tendency to be more like a father who blesses. And so I, I release a blessing over the people who I run into unless God gives me something specific prophetically. Um, but I release a blessing. I, I release a blessing 
that will alter. My hope is that it will alter the trajectory, the direction, um, the angle of, that they're going after in life. I, I, my hope and prayer is that it will, it will call them into the, re, the real destiny that God has for them. Because God to, God, to God, the blessing matters. Listen to how intent he is in blessing his people. This is Deuteronomy 28. It won't be on the screen. I would just encourage you to close your eyes for a second and think about how this could relate to you and your life. Think about how God, he's so good, how this could be your reality. Deuteronomy 28, it says, And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings, all of them shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and all you undertake. And he will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish, establish you as a people holy to himself as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, and all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. And they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity. In the fruit of your womb and in the fruit of your livestock and in the fruit of your ground. Within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens. To give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you shall go, only go up and not down. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them. And if you do not turn aside from any of the words that I command you today, to the right or to the left, to go after other gods to serve him. Father, today we... We breathe in, God, the blessing from heaven. Lord, I pray that every person in this room can sense your smile upon us, God, because of Jesus. Lord, I know that many of us have walked in this blessing, but even unaware that it's you, that you've been doing it, that you've been making a way. But I also acknowledge, Lord, that many of us are in the middle of a storm, a hard place, a broken place, a hurting place. God, and today we choose to look to you to realize, God, that you have blessed us. You intend to bless us. 
and you will continue to bless our lives. God, I pray for strength for this moment. God, I pray that our confidence will increase in the reality of who you are and what you've done for us, God. We give you all the praise. We honor the name of Jesus. We honor the Savior, the King, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. For he has made a way for us. We thank you for your great love, God. I bless your people today. And I speak over you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. The Lord turn his face toward you. Be gracious to you. And may the kindness, the goodness, the favor of God overflow in your life. God, we thank you, we give you praise, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. May you be blessed. We'll have people up here who are here to pray if you have any need.